Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Yeah, we love listener questions. How do you do it? Well, you go to the funastrology.com website, and up at the upper left is an orange button. You click it. You don't have to leave your name. You can send it anonymously and ask great questions for Robert. Hello, Robert and Thomas. My question is about houses squaring houses. I have natal Pluto at 28 degrees Libra in the eighth house. I am currently going through my Pluto square. I'm having a hard time understanding how energies can manifest when houses square houses. If you could please walk me through examples of how these energies can manifest, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Now, Robert, this question has a couple of things about it right off the bat. She's asking about squares, but I think we're talking about Pluto, Pluto in Libra, or as Delia would say, Libra, <laughs> right off the bat in the eighth. So that puts now Pluto is in Capricorn, actually just about getting ready to move into Aquarius. But as we're talking about squares with planets in houses, she's saying maybe this is a two-part question. Maybe we're talking about the Pluto square, which we can certainly discuss, and maybe we're talking about tensions that might be found between the 8th house where her natal planet is and the 11th house where Pluto is now. Why don't you take that and see what you can marvel with it? I'm sure you can. Great question. Uh, she's asking about two different things here. One is uh, she's talking about when houses square each other. Well, that's the natural order of the horoscope wheel itself. I happen to use equal houses for, in my case, for good reasons. Uh, everybody has their own preferred house system, but this one is what has always worked best for me, equal houses. And in those houses, all of the angular houses square each other, all of the succeedant houses square each other, and all the cadent houses always, they square each other in equal houses. The, the real meaning, though, is in the planet. She's mentioning very specifically Pluto in Libra in her eighth house. And she mentions Pluto currently is squaring that. Well, of course it is. It's in the last degrees of Capricorn. She has her Pluto at 28 degrees Libra. So we've got Pluto now at 28 to 29 degrees Capricorn, about to go into Aquarius, but it only dips its toe into Aquarius. Zero degrees gets up to, oh, I think, one degree, and then it suddenly it turns retrograde. It goes back into Capricorn for a little while, and then finally enters Aquarius later on. And so when Pluto, the, the energies involved are not the houses. The energies involved are the planets. So the energy of Pluto is of the nature of death and rebirth. Usually it's figurative. It's a figurative ending of a major cycle in life. Pluto square Pluto. Then, so the square aspect is already an aspect of conflict. And conflict is, in essence, drama. You, you, you learn this as a television writer, a screenwriter, a playwriter. Drama is conflict. If you don't have any conflict, you don't have any drama. So conflict is necessary for life itself. Most people never change unless they, quote unquote, bottom out, for example. That's a, that's a life or death crisis. An alcoholic, for example, may have to bottom out before they finally realize I've got to get help. 
and then they do get help and in the course of that rehab that's very plutonian they're dying to their old alcoholic self and trying to be reborn as somebody who's clean so those are the con and conflict is very important in life it's not always bad in fact the challenge of conflicts is to figure out a constructive solution to them so when you've got the the houses involved that she mentioned the eighth house which is other people's values secondarily it's other people's money so the eighth house rules things like banking and mortgages and um, estates and and so on other people's money other people's values transiting pluto is in her 11th house which is her hopes dreams and ambitions in the old cookbook astrology so her future her entire future right now under transiting pluto square pluto in her eighth house suggests that this longish period this is over a year this transit is putting her in a situation where her values and other people's values in her life such as a spouse her employers anybody else and finances are all tied up in this very fundamental and major life change that she's going through her vision for her future her 11th house is undergoing a death and rebirth process what she always thought she wanted maybe she's gotten and it doesn't turn out to match her ideal and so there's the conflict she wants to reshape her future her 11th house in light of what she has learned over the let's say past 30 years even she's it's almost like a death and rebirth of her vision for going on living continuing to live she needs a new mission in other words a new goal and that's what she's in the process of developing and realizing and it's pluto so it's a very deep need to completely change her future direction and it does involve money and security the eighth house all of that it may even involve marriage libra is the sign here she if she's married she and her mate may have a conflict of values they may be going in different directions in life are those going to be harmonious to the relationship are they going to threaten the relationship are they going to end the relationship but those are the kinds of deep 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 values that are coming to the surface under pluto and be, and demanding really to be recognized in herself and then applied to reshaping her future and depending on the rest of the chart for example if she's in a marriage that has come to the end of its road as marriages do <clears throat> sometimes then then the big conflict is oh my god do i get divorced what about children those kinds of major 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 issues maybe the children have grown up and they've gone off to college and now she and the mate are alone and they're facing living with each other 24 7 without the distraction of children anymore they're gone and so now maybe the relationship suddenly since it's just the two of them now they begin to recognize gee we have a conflict of values here you want to do this with your life i want to do this with my life and they're not harmonious can we figure out a way to make them harmonious and constructive for each other that's the challenge that way we can keep the marriage going if we can't you know if you husband have this gambling problem and you just lost all this money in vegas we got an issue that we need to talk about so those are the sorts of existential crises really that she will be facing it's not necessarily a single event 
that's going to define all this for her. It's a process that takes at least a year with Pluto changing signs here. Her goals are changing with Pluto transiting into Aquarius, and this is just the beginning of it. Right now, Pluto retrograde and go back into Capricorn for a while and then go back. So she's in the process of identifying a major new direction for herself. Now, you can extend all of that. Pluto transiting her 11th house, this can involve friends. Yes, she could lose a friend through literal death with Pluto. Or a friend could have uh, some serious surgery, for example. Those are all, too, consistent with that transit of Pluto. But underneath all of that, it's her identifying this core, deep need to re-identify her targets in life, her goals in life. Those are what are transforming, and she's transforming along with them. So it is an aspect not only of death and rebirth. Focus on the rebirth part of it. Be aware of what is ending in life. That's fine. But be focused on what you want to create to take its place, the place of whatever it is that's ending. It's kind of interesting that in our timeline astrology that the Pluto square, because of Pluto's wobbly orbit and because of the retrogrades, hits us either in our late 30s or early 40s, and the Uranus opposition hits at the early 40s too. So you kind of have that bam, bam, Pluto and Uranus, <laughs> you talk about some shakeups, and this is why so many uh, guys, especially, I mean, this affects guys a lot, but where people kind of go berserk when they hit the early 40s, isn't it? Yes, it, it is, because if you think about Uranus transiting opposite itself, it happens for everybody right around the age of 42. And, uh, you know, Uranus cycles and Saturn cycles are both responsible for that phrase, the seven-year itch. Well, it's true if you think about it. Seven years after something starts, Saturn will be squaring where it was when the thing started, whether it's a marriage or a business or whatever it is. So every seven years, a marriage, for example, or a business partnership is likely to undergo some kind of crisis that the, the partnership needs to change, evolve, develop into something new. Or if it's stagnant, then you have to face the relationship. Is it going to last? Are we stagnant permanently? Or what do we need to do to get out of stagnation and all of that? But that's where that phrase comes from. And you're right, people under Uranus, opposite Uranus, around 42, can behave in very strange ways. They can leave behind something they've been uh, following or practicing for years, or even a relationship that they've been in. Uh, but they just It's almost like a second adolescence in a way, because there's that urge for freedom and independence under Uranus opposite Uranus. We all have it in our chart somewhere. Some people have it in a stronger position than others, and they'll reflect it that way. It'll be a, a more obvious uh, second adolescence for them. And it doesn't have to be an adolescent thing. It can be somebody who has maybe gotten married and had children fairly early, but inside they've always wanted to do something. And now that the kids are grown and out of the house, they're free to do it. If they will. And that's that's really the, the secret behind the Uranus transit of 42. If you were a younger person or a younger couple, you, you would be giving birth to a baby under that opposition. But you're not. You're not having a literal baby. But what you are having is a figurative baby under that transit of Uranus opposite Uranus. So it's incumbent on the person who has it to be true to some talent or desire or longing for some sort of career. Or, or it could be a relationship, too. It 
it, but, but it's that. It's that rebirth aspect of the transit of Uranus opposite Uranus. The same is true with the transit of Pluto square Pluto. It does mean, look, if she were an older person, if she were in her 80s asking this question, that aspect absolutely could indicate her own need for either some serious surgery or possibly even death. It depends on what's going on in the horoscope. But it's not so much the literal death. It's the figurative death. Most of us come under aspects of death about three times a year, and we don't die because we're not in a situation to die. We're not old enough statistically to die. And if you come under these aspects and you happen to be at war in Afghanistan, then you need to be on the lookout more. If you're sitting at home in your easy chair working on your computer, you're not in a war zone. So you're probably not going to get killed in front of your computer. So you have to use some common sense here. Nonetheless, that Pluto square is absolutely a figurative death and rebirth. So you have to identify with the client what aspects of life seem to be receding, seem to be over, seem to be dying, seem to be going into the past now. Then you're you're moving out of them. What are those areas of life and you can identify a lot of this with astrology but certainly in talking with the client so you make it conscious you make the process conscious that wow i'm figuratively dying here what is it what is it i'm fed up with in life and you can identify those things and you can say all right do i want to let them go or do i want to rehab them or do i want to bring them back into life or do i want to refine them or whatever i want to do with them but i got to do something because it's not working. That's the conflict inherent in the square. It's meant to develop you, not not to bury you. It's meant to motivate you to change in a constructive way. And if you don't change, then the situation will get worse until you do. So I know some people are picking up on the question of the square of the houses as well and thinking about what you said, even like you said, the angulars, for example. So the first is in some kind of tension with the fourth. The fourth is in some kind of tension with the seventh, etc. How should people incorporate that into their thought about the structure of the wheel? Well, for example, I use equal houses. The main reason I do, as most listeners know already, the very first thing that I read about my horoscope when I first set it up using the A to Z delineator was that you have a mole marker scar on the left side of your head or face. Excuse me? I do. From age five, I do, age five. It's a hairline scar, you can't even see it, but it's there. And it's on the left side of my head or face. Now, in a man's chart, the odd-numbered houses rule the left side of the body. The even-numbered houses rule the right. In a woman's chart, that's reversed. But in a man's chart, with my moon in Aries, that alone, the moon in Aries predisposes to a mole mark or scar on the head or face. Well, it's in my third house. Only in equal houses, though. And that is the left side of my head or face, and that is where the scar is. In Placidus, that moon is intercepted in my second house, and therefore the scar should have been on my right side of my cheek, and it isn't. It's on my left. So that was the first thing I read in astrology, and it stunned me because it was physically accurate. It was a physical fact. You couldn't argue it. You either have a scar on the left side of your head or face, you don't. And that stunned me, and they... Uh, meeting Linda Goodman and learning how to read uh, the sexes of children from a chart and so on. Uh, then I began to, in fact, one of my very early clients came to me, a Scorpio woman, and I asked her for, right off, I wanted to check her chart, see how accurate it was. Would your first child uh, a girl? She was a Scorpio and she had sunglasses on even. She kind of snapped at me. She said, that's right. 
And I'm thinking, well, sure, it's right, 50-50 chance. And then I got to her second pregnancy, and that's the one. I had, I believe, as I recall, Gemini on the cusp and a lot of other things. But I said to her, this second pregnancy, this is confusing to me. And I really did. I thought about it, looked at it, because in a woman's chart, her second pregnancy, her second child is shown at her sixth house. And I said, this looks, did you have twins and lose one at birth? And she gasped. She took off her sunglasses <laughs> And said, I cannot believe that you can see that. She said, I wouldn't have even known that, Bob, if I hadn't had a hysterectomy last year in which they removed an undeveloped fetus from my second pregnancy. So it was that specific. And it only works with equal houses. It does not work with any other house system. So that's why I started using equal houses. Well, in equal houses, you've got the the successive signs around around the cusp, but the same degree is on the ascendant. That same degree is replicated on every house cusp. So the houses square each. All the angular houses, all the first, seventh, fourth, and tenth, always square each other. And the same with the succeeding houses, and so on. Well, these are all great points, and we've done a lot here these last several episodes of expanding some of the things we can focus on, like from what we talked about in the horror area and now to this, and I hope that that helps straighten your uh, question out or give you some guidance as you're approaching your early 40s. Congratulations on this, and if you would like some additional, I'm going to just mention a personal thing. Steve Forrest in the Elements series does a great job of describing this. It's a four-book set. I narrated it into audio. And if you wanted to examine this in much greater detail as well, that Elements series audio book uh, four-set volume is amazing for this. And it really gives you a lot of different angles at the various aspects and these phases in our life uh, as we roll on through so you have a lot to set up in your 40s and then you will hit your 60s which is another another pivot point thank you guys so much for listening if you want to check all the resources we have for you including the link to robert's readings that's in the show notes and we'll see you back next time on the old soul new soul astrology podcast with robert glasscock 